0: the job that gave me like the little shred of security that I needed to quit. I was like, I can't quit without another job. I was damn close, but I didn't quite make it there.
1: (laughs) In this episode, we will talk about avoiding failure, fighting with perfectionism, and creating flexibility for yourself. We'll dive right into Carly Fleischer's Courageous Story, where she originally followed the traditional career path. And now following her interests of fitness, strength, Nutrition and everything else in between. Be sure to listen in for all the details. Hello, my wonderful beasties. It's Tina, your host. Welcome to the Courageous Inner Beast, the place we get charged up with courage by calling in your inner beast. Today, we have Carly Fleischer. Hi, Carly. Please introduce yourself.
0: Hi, Tina. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, Like Tina said, my name's Carly, um, and I am the owner and head coach at Moxie Barbell, which is an online strength nutrition and health behavior change coaching platform. But outside of that, I am a recovering perfectionist. I'm a dog mom. You can see my dog, Walter, (laughs) behind me on the bed. Uh, I'm a skier. I'm an amateur baker and all around pretty constantly evolving human being.
1: (laughs) Yes, we're always evolving every single day. <laughs> so so thank you for being here and just asking you the question, what is your one creative story that you'd like to share?
0: Yeah, for sure. It's a long one. It's pretty much the story (laughs) of my life post-college, if you will. Um, But yeah, I think, like I alluded to in my intro, I'm a recovering perfectionist, but at the time that this story takes place, I was very much not recovering. (laughs) I would say I was actively in the throes of perfectionism. Um, I've always been super type A, overachiever, and my entire life was really about doing the things that I was supposed to be doing, Mm. right? Everybody had always told me, you go to school, you study hard, you get good grades, and then you get into a good college, and then you get good internships, and you get a good job, and then congratulations, happiness should be waiting for you at the end of that road. And so I did that, right? I went to a good school, I double majored, I got the dream job. Yeah, yeah, I got the the dream job after that too. Like I was, I started my career in financial consulting at Ernst & Young, which is a big departure from what I do now, obviously, in my (laughs) intro. Um, But yeah, I got to the end of that road and it turned out i was like the most miserable i'd ever been in my entire life when i started that mm-hmm. job and it was horrifying because i think in every like part of my life before that i wasn't super happy with what i was doing right like school was really stressful i didn't love the internships i was doing but in my head i was like oh i'm not supposed to be happy right now this is just the stepping stone to the next thing i'll be happy when i get there and then yeah. all of a sudden i was there where that happiness was supposed to be and man was it just not there and I freaking panicked I had an well, identity ha- crisis yeah, yeah you know,
1: so, ha- so how did you choose so you know that you were saying how like happiness starts after this whole road like the whole yeah. journey of finally there so how did you choose the majors the double major based yeah, on
0: great. <laughs> great question um Uh, more of what I thought I was supposed to be doing. I really Mm. did not know what I wanted to do when I went Mm -hmm. to college. I was always a really good student, but was super insecure about what I was good at outside of school.
1: So Mm -hmm. I ended up,
0: I double majored in economics and psychology and economics was a thing I knew I would major in going in just because I took APCon. I liked it. I was good at it. I was like, I don't know what else I want to do. We'll do this. This seems widely applicable. And then psychology came in later in my college experience once I Realize just how much I love learning about humans and why we do the things that we do. So it came from some topsy turvy, um, like major things that I needed to do just for requirements for undergrad and whatnot. But yes. to be honest, I'm so grateful for the psychology degree because it's the degree that in my head at the time was like, this is secondary. Econ's my thing. I'm gonna go be a financial consultant. And I do not use my econ degree at all. But psych, <laughs> man, I use that all of the time.
1: <laughs> Wait, even now too? or like Oh, so much. Oh, I mean, it makes sense if you're, if you're a current job or like what you're doing right now, it's like definitely. Yeah. Well, in,
0: in my current role, right. Like I don't consider myself to just be a strength and nutrition coach. I'm really yeah. like a holistic health coach and I work Mm-mm-mm. with people on how to make lasting changes. And so yeah. it's not like, here's your training program, go and Mm-mm-mm. figure it out. Yeah. Everybody can find a training program. It's, well, I know what I should be doing, but why am I not doing it? And the psychology teaches us why we're making the decisions we're making or doing the things that we should be or shouldn't be. So yeah, I rely on that underpinning so, so much. No,
1: uh, no, that makes sense of like, you know, choosing econ and then psychology right after, but then now more so doing psychology now. Wait, so to <laughs> get back to it. <laughs> yeah, going back <laughs> to it. I was like, wait a minute, where, where am I going with this again? Yeah, yeah. So
0: basically, to make a very long story a little bit less long, I started my career at Ernst and Young and got made it six months before realizing that I needed to quit. Before I had a complete mental breakdown, I was pretty close. Um, I ended up finding another job in more of the health and fitness space. That was kind of the thing that was the only constant in my life. There was all of this career uncertainty, all of this imposter syndrome, struggling with confidence because again, I wasn't loving what I was doing, and so I wasn't that amazing at it. Yeah. And behind the scenes though, I was powerlifting competitively. I was waking mm-hmm. up. I was in the gym at four 30 in the morning every day before I commuted to Manhattan. Like it was a huge part of my life. It was the thing that I loved but I thought it was too late for me to make a career shift. I was like, I have to keep doing the thing that I have been told that I should do because I don't have any other skills. I can't do anything else. But I did end up leaving EY and I found another job working for a meal prep delivery service. So I was in the health and fitness space, but still in like the risk averse cozy position as an account manager. So it was still something I could take home. Yeah, two positions this at this time that this is job number two. So yeah, kettlebell (laughs) kitchen job number two. I did that for six months. I loved it. I still to this day call it my unicorn job of like health and fitness industry, but with the risk aversion piece factored in. And then they went out of business six months after I started there and I lost the unicorn job and literally my entire world came crashing down again.
1: Wait, So wait. I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead.
0: Oh uh, Wait, so why did you consider it
1: as the unicorn job? Is it because it was like a transition
0: to no, what No, it did? was unicorn in that when I left EY, I was like, I have no idea what I want to do. I know this is what my degree is in. And I know that I love strength and fitness and nutrition and all of those things. But I don't have any credentials in that. And there's no way I could ever make that my actual job because I'm 23 and now I have a degree and I can't possibly change that. So Mm. I call it my unicorn job because it was a job that was like in a field that I was genuinely so passionate about, but I didn't have to be a strength and nutrition coach to do it. I was still able to be in sales and account management and lean on my background. So it really melded those two together in a way that I have yet to find another job that does, except for me owning my own business now. (laughs) (laughs) yeah but if to get back to it I had that job for six months they went out of business life went up in flames and then a lot of personal stuff happened behind the scenes COVID was underway in there. I ended up being unemployed for a little while, which ended up being kind of a good thing because I had some time and I was able to go and get myself certified. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this certification, but at least now I will have a strength coaching certification if I decide maybe one day in the future, I want to use it. And so then after that, and after the dust from COVID sort of settled, I then went into another string of three different jobs in sales, another sales job, some account management as operations consultant. And I just kept doing the really risk averse thing. I was like, well, I don't like this job at this company. Maybe this company is too big. Let me find a smaller one. Okay. I don't like the drama at this company. Let me find a different one. It was just making these really little half-assed sort of pivots Mm -hmm. that weren't actually getting me closer to where I wanted to go. It was just more of the same, you know, kind of same, same, but different. And so where the courageous piece of this really starts to come in is now on my last corporate job. This is job, I think five in the four to five years since graduating college, which also a huge failure for me because I was like all these things that I was quitting and I was like, oh my God, nobody's going to hire me. I have this, this six months, this eight months, this nine months on my resume, whatever. And uh, I'm in this last job and I had a complete nervous breakdown. I mean, I've been in therapy for. Like decades at this point. Yeah. Um, and my therapist was like, Carly, I've never seen you this way. Like this is this is different. And I realized that it was at that point, I was like, I cannot keep making these stupid, risk-averse moves where I just go from one company to the next to the next to the next and just keep hoping, okay, maybe it's gonna get better because chances are it's not. It might be better Wait. for a day or a week, but it's not gonna be better for the long term.
1: Is it the same job? Or is it kind of like the same, the job that you are like leaving? For- Taking for six months or so, then leaving—is it like the same field? And then that's when you're like,
0: yeah, my this number same same field and that like I stuck very much in sales and account management, but very different industries. So like I said, I started in financial consulting at EY and then I did account management for a health and fitness company. Mm -hmm. And then I was a sales executive for a very small fashion design development and production house. And then I was um, a sales executive at a secondhand e-commerce business. And then I transitioned to their operations team at the same company. So a lot of different sectors but similar roles because again I felt like I didn't have another choice I was like this is my degree this is what my skill set is this is what I'm pigeonholed into doing what I'm supposed to be doing so this is what I have to do
1: yeah Yeah. and then when your therapist like oh
0: Carly yeah this (laughs) This isn't gonna work yeah it, it, um, it actually happened to coincide or it was like right before a trip that my parents ended up taking to come and visit me. I live in California and they live on the East Coast. Yeah. And I didn't know this at the time, but it actually was my husband who called my parents and said, hey, you either have to fly Carly home or you guys need to come out here because there's a lot going on and we cannot manage this, just the two of us. So unbeknownst to me, the trip had a little bit of an ulterior motive, a little bit of a rescue mission, if you will. But I was able to kind of work some of these things out with the support of my husband, with the support of my parents, which was really helpful. But ultimately, the decision that I came to, and it wasn't even a decision, it was, I cannot do this anymore. Like, something drastic is going to happen if this is what I have to continue to wake up and do every day, waking up with crippling anxiety, being in hysterics before 9am. Like that's not what your life is supposed to look like. And I didn't even decide it was, I cannot do this job anymore. I will not do this job anymore. And I quit. (laughs) Um, That was, that was new for me.
1: Wait. So then like, you know how your husband's like, so your parents did come over to California Yeah, and like you said, the crippling anxiety, and it's like, I can't like you can't not do this anymore. So how did how did they rescue how did they rescue you or like what did they your your yeah.
0: support system yeah. did they? <laughs> Good question. Good question. So I think part of my like particular breed of type A perfectionist overachieving, whatever you want to call it, is that I also really crave external validation. And a (laughs) lot of my confidence for most of my life came from, I was really good at school and people would tell me that, or I was really good at X and people would tell me that. And I was constantly craving from other people, you're good enough. You're good enough. You're doing the right thing. That sort of approval. And it created this part of me that never was able to trust myself, where even if I felt like my idea was the good idea and that I wanted to do it, I still needed to run it by two to five people for them to confirm that it was also a good idea before I felt confident enough to actually go through with it. So a lot of the support that I got from my parents and from my husband was just having people listen to me and Mm -hmm. validate that I wasn't crazy, validate that I shouldn't be feeling this way, that this isn't normal, and validate that me... Taking more drastic action was okay. And I am super, super lucky to have really supportive parents and to have a really supportive partner. And ultimately, like to have a safety net, to have two people that say to me, Hey, like you're figuring this out, and we're not going to let you fall on your ass when you do. Yes. And so it was just a lot of that, again, validation that now is something that I've you know, worked my way out of a little, that constant need for just to have other people approve of yeah. what I'm doing. But at the time I really needed that to be able to make the really scary decision. I mean, it makes sense too. Cause
1: like sometimes no matter how little we're like, you know, how, like sometimes you just want to gradually get out, but sometimes that mentality of like, it's still there. So you just have to pretty much, you know, you're just like, I felt like, fuck it, I need to do this and just drop yeah. everything and just like do this dramatic change in order to really yeah. make that change. Because sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, I was
0: way too scared to do that. Yeah. Like, I would have rather continued to wake up every single day and crippling anxiety and cry and be miserable and all of those mm-hmm. things than yeah. risk doing something else. And what if I failed at that thing? And what if I failed again? It no. was just, it was such a mental battle for a really long time. This was yeah. not, this was not like a day decision. This was like, I had switched roles within this last company after six months in the first role, because I was so unhappy. Switched to the second role, was still really unhappy, but it gave me a little bit more runway to kind of ride out the new unhappiness versus the <laughs> old one. Um, But I had been kind of toying around with this Misery. I mean, frankly, this this career uncertainty for God, at this point, five years, pretty much since I had graduated college. Yeah. Um, but the actual breakdown was probably about a two to three month slow burn that then kind of pff, exploded uh, eventually. It's a volcano. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like yes, like... <laughs> a stress and anxiety and yeah. fear uh, volcano, if you will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, all that's, I know I can. I can definitely understand and feel for you on that because, yeah, sometimes we, there's always that, like, there's that the back of your mind, like, this is not the place for me. This is not where I want to be, but I just can't get out of, get out of here. You know, like, it's, it's like you said, the slow burn, like, you know it, you see it, but it's just like, there's a scary to do it. Yeah, Yeah. Too scared to do it. And then sometimes like, for me, I think like when I'm in that moment of making some, some, like a certain change In my mind, I like, I dwell on it for so long. My brain starts getting like throbbing and throbbing. I'm not too sure for you, but for me, definitely my brain starts throbbing because I'm thinking so much, analyzing so much, having so much anxiety and stress that eventually I'm just like, I can't handle this anymore. I need to like, and then just do that. And it's like, like, we kind of throw the, flipping the table kind of, I'm like like, flipping the table. I'm just going to do this. I'm just gonna make this change right now because I'm just so tired, yeah. Of you know, and seeing that you know you having to make that change, and also having supportive, a social like your parents and your partner supporting you and making this change and creating that safety net while you're slowly getting out of it. It's, it's yeah, always, always grateful to have that. Wait, no, so is and it? I'm, no, go ahead. No, I was curious too. Does I was wondering if they, if you, I'm not sure, do you have siblings as well?
0: I have a younger sister, yeah.
1: Yeah, so do you guys, like, differ, or is it kind of similar
0: to? We are, could not be more polar opposites. <laughs> <laughs> but my sister, I will say, I was actually quite jealous of. So my family, all of us, we've all gone to college, we all, okay. my grandpa a doctor. My mom's a nurse. Like everybody wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. And there was all of this pressure growing up. And my sister never really subscribed to that. She is not the type A overachiever. She very much beats to more of her own drum and she does what makes her happy. That's just what she cares about. And so my sister actually was the first person in my family not to go to college. She decided mm-hmm. to go to cosmetology school and she's now an insanely successful hairdresser. She owns her own business. And so despite the fact that she's three years younger than me, she. She's about four or five years ahead of me in terms of her Mm. career, because Mm. she took the path that she knew was going to make her happy from the beginning, instead Mm. of doing all of the things that people told her she should do instead. And I'm super envious, but also really proud of her for doing that, because at the time, she got a lot of flack from the family for not doing the things she was supposed to do. It was really, really hard. But in the end, it served her so much better than the path that it ended up taking me on doing all of the things that got me the external validation
1: yeah no I just I was. thank you for saying that because I just kind of curious like you had you know like siblings like is there like a difference or a similar and how did yeah. you
0: but, yeah we're so different it's wild that was well, so we look very similar but everything else it's wild that we came from the same two people <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I mean sometimes having being the older siblings some you get yeah can, yeah, can, there is. Mean, there's
0: just that implicit pressure. It is such yeah. a. It is such a first, like an oldest sibling trope. Um, yes, I feel very that. stereotypical, but yeah, it is. It is my very real experience.
1: <laughs> yes. No, I, I'm like I'm the oldest student. and I did the whole thing. I did get my master, uh, my bachelor's and master, and I'm currently not even
0: using it right now. Yeah. So. yeah. Same. <laughs> right? Yeah. And no, it's a, it's, it's a party.
1: <laughs> yes, and so I mean, it's, it's awesome that you're finally out of that like knowing that what you went through was not was your fit and now you're doing something that you really enjoy doing you know yeah
0: no i i I love what I do now and I will say it wasn't a bump free road to go from quitting job to where I am now I mean even in that time like I got myself certified and I found a job training clients in person at another gym and that was ultimately the job that gave me like the little shred of security that I needed to quit I was like I can't quit without another job I was damn close but I didn't quite make it there <laughs> so yeah I did I got myself certified I found this other job at a gym and I was like I will use this at least as a stepping stone, both financially and in terms of bolstering my skill set as a trainer. So quit my job, which was truly one of the most liberating days of my life. Also so anxiety provoking because again, I'm a people pleaser and I do not like to disappoint people. And my boss was disappointed, but alas. Um,
1: Um,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) but, um, yeah. So I started this other job working, you know, as an in-person coach at a gym. And I did that for a little over a year. And then I decided to launch my online business kind of concurrently with that. So for mm-hmm. about a year, I was starting my own business and I was working full time. So that was fun and challenging. But yeah, I mean, really the the kind of the courageous thing to summarize it is that I, I pretty much went against every fiber of my being and all of my training, training, I say in quotes, (laughs) of doing the thing I was supposed to be doing and just trusting that it would get me where I wanted to go. And for the first time in my life, I listened to what I wanted to do, to what was going to make me happy, to what my own path was, what felt authentically right to myself, not what felt right to everybody else around me, Mm -hmm. and made that scary decision and did the damn thing. And truly, my life has never been better. It's not to say that it's not really hard. Business ownership is so hard. Entrepreneurship is not a path I ever saw myself on. And there are so many challenges and it is stressful and anxiety provoking and all of the things just in very different ways. But the gratitude that I have now to get to wake up and do something every day that I am so proud of, that I love, that I'm passionate about, especially now knowing what the alternative is, yeah. is liberating to say the least.
1: Yeah. No, it's... uh No, and the fact that you were able to get out of that, you know, in order to really choose for yourself, because, you know, sometimes you even mentioned earlier about, like, finally going against every fiber of yourself. Like, like, what kind of thing? Like, what, what were you fighting against? I'm just curious on that, too.
0: Fighting against in terms of what? Of,
1: like, you know, finally making the move to go against... I guess your beliefs, your values, like what were like some of those as well? So what were some of the beliefs and the values? Yeah. That you were going against. Yeah. It was just, (laughs) yeah.
0: I mean, I think it's a lot of what I like alluded to is that, so like perfection one is, and that very much a fear of failure too. Like pretty much everything I did in my life wasn't necessarily to seek excellence it was to avoid failure and all of the like career journey in general felt like failure after failure after failure it felt like a job i couldn't hack or something i wasn't good at or something i didn't love so it was a lot of coming up against and confronting the idea of failure and is this a failure or what does it mean to fail is it okay to fail or what can i learn from that so that was a really really big one but honestly the other big one was just security uh i'm a super risk averse Person, I am like I've never been a risk taker. I am a rule follower through and through. Like mm-hmm. I don't even like to like d- like go over the speed limit because I'm so petrified that what if there's a cop and I get a parking like I can't. So <laughs> the the risk aversion I will say was probably the biggest one through and through. Mm-hmm. But what got me eventually was I was sitting here and I was kind of analyzing and over analyzing as I very much do, <laughs> and I was like, the only reason I'm not making this change is because of money. If I had a crystal ball and you could tell me that in five years from now, I would have financial security by making this switch, I would have made this switch five years ago. The big thing that was holding me back was like, will I be okay? Will I be able to make a living doing this? Will I be yeah. able to have that security? And so I really had to come up against that and realize I had to kind of take the take the safety blanket off a little bit and, and pull off the training wheels and just be like, you know what? I don't know if I'm gonna be okay. I believe in myself though. I don't know how I'm gonna figure it out yet, but I'm going to figure it out. But to if there were two, it's for sure the, the risk aversion and, and butting up against failure. Yeah.
1: No, I, I can understand that too of like financial security, making sure that yeah, like you said, are you am I gonna be okay if I don't have any money coming in right now, any you know, cash yeah. flow? And so it makes sense. Did you also well I'm curious too? was also with your husband too, in mind of like, yeah. doing that. It's like, oh, I think I'll be slightly okay. Cause I have him to kind of just cushion. Yeah.
0: Too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And no. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I am super fortunate. My husband's an engineer and he has a great job and he holds the health insurance. Luckily I, cause this, all of this coincided with me turning 26, which yeah. I literally started my business two months after I got kicked off of my mom's health insurance. So the time oh, yeah, you was had like to, yeah. really, yeah, it was really <laughs> impeccable. Um, so no, I am again, we are really fortunate, right? That like My husband makes a good living and we can live and we have savings and all of that. So there was that element of like, yes, I have that support. Yes, I'm not doing this alone. I'm not going to get evicted. I'm going to have money to buy groceries. Like my basic necessities are covered and we will be okay. But my husband and I both for different reasons, obviously growing up in different families have our own financial insecurities and our own money issues. And both of us are real worriers when it comes to the... financial side of things, even when the worry is completely unfounded. I sometimes joke with us and I will call it our fake financial stress. I'm like, (laughs) like we're stressing about things we just don't need to be stressing about. Like it's whatever. So yes, there was part of me that was really grateful that I have this partner that is making a good living and that can help bridge the gap while I figure my shit out. Um, But there was also a huge amount of stress from me because I felt very much like my worth was tied to my income, like it was tied to my job, like it was tied to those other pinnacles of success. So it was my own struggles with the worth and the value that I brought to the relationship and what I really brought to the table, Mm -hmm. coupled with just his own financial insecurities and the way that, you know, the idea of having a partner that's changing careers, that's going into a career that is not historically the most lucrative. I don't know how much you know about health and fitness, but uh, nobody really goes into that industry because we think it is the role that is going to make us rich. We do it because we love it and we're passionate about it and we're really called to it. So it was scary when he's like, when he met me, I was going into financial consulting. That's a very different trajectory than Mm. going to start a business as a health and fitness coach. So it was definitely an adjustment there, just in terms of how we were both coping with what our financial future would look like and would it fit in with kind of the picture of what we had in mind before this whole shift happened. Yeah.
1: Oh Yeah, that makes, I make think of sharing that. It makes sense of like the difference like he has his own sets of insecurities yours has you said and then also if he met you when you were a financial that's a long time like okay it's like so he's like adjusting to say okay how can I support Carly while adjusting myself of like what's gonna happen yeah that's so amazing of like you know, just having a supportive, a par- supportive, yeah. partner too. Yeah, and so, we've
0: done we've done a lot of work. I mean, we met when we were in college. We were yeah. twenty one when we met, and mm-hmm. I look back on it now. I mean, you think you know everything at twenty one, and that you are a fully fledged adult, but hilarious at the thought of that. I mean, we were kids, and there is yeah. so much growing that we've had to do together since we started dating, since we got married, and have done all of the things in between. Um, but I'm I'm grateful just to be with somebody. That is committed to growth in the same way that I am.
1: Yeah, and how are you? So how how are you now in regards to? So it's been. I think last time we talked, like you just launched it for like two. Was it just recent that you launched?
0: No, I uh, I launched the business. So I started working on the back end of the business about. Yeah. 13 months ago or so. So yeah, just over a year ago. But I mm-hmm. launched the website and like really went public with the marketing almost a year ago. Um, so yeah, it's it's been, I would say, round about a year now since I've been in the in the business world space. <laughs> and how's that been going for you? It's good. It's really fun. Uh it's been a r- I've learned so much. Um but it's also scary as hell. I'm not going to lie about that. It's not like <laughs> I quit my corporate job and decided to, you know, go and start a company and now it is rainbows and butterflies every day. It's rainbows and butterflies in that I am in control of the things that I am worried about and that my to-do list is my own. I have a lot more control over my own time and I feel like I'm waking up and I'm actually doing good for the people that I work with. I feel like I'm making a difference in people's lives. And that's something that just lights me up so much. And in that way, it's incredible but it is so scary and so stressful and so anxiety inducing. It's the first time in my life that my income depends solely on me, that there's no guaranteed paycheck. And again, if you go back to the the risk aversion, like I've learned to cope with that a little bit better, but it doesn't mean that it's not still super, super scary. But. The way that my therapist has kind of taught me to reframe it a little bit is like, as scary as it is to feel like your income is not guaranteed, how cool is it and profound is it that literally every dollar you make would not have existed without your work? It's different than just... Collecting a paycheck when you literally make and manifest every single dollar that you earn. And that is really cool and really, really empowering. So on the whole, I would say it's probably been the best and most transformative year of my life. Um, And still really scary and stressful and anxiety-inducing, but for very different reasons, and for reasons that are much more aligned with my personal values than the reasons that were causing all of those stress and anxious feelings prior.
1: Yeah, no, it's making that decision now. It makes it's you know it's so transformative, like you said as well too. Yeah. If you could go, I was scared that if you could go back to when you were the financial consultant. What would you say yeah. to her now in the position? Oh my God. That
0: yeah, so much. So I think like the biggest thing that I've taken away from this experience is like that it's not too late to make a change. So mm-hmm. the version of me that was in that first job as a 22-year-old fresh out of college and absolutely miserable was well, I'm screwed because I already have my degree and I'm 22 and it's too late for me to make a change. So if there's anything I could say to that version of myself, it's just that it's not too late to make a change. You're so young, you have so much life ahead of you and you have no idea what's coming. So I would have told that girl to skip the five other jobs that come after and just get certified and make the shift right then would have saved me a lot of headache and I'd be a hell of a lot further along than I am right now. I wonder
1: if you would I wonder if you would make that change when with the unicorn job if that you think you think yeah. it would have it would have do you think it's that, that would have been a good
0: would that have been a good time for that prior to or like when I were when the unicorn job went out of business
1: um I don't know for you does it which one do you think it would be before or after
0: if you could go back well I think I think probably after only Mm-mm. because that job Taught me so much. And I think that job is what really cemented for me that being in the health and fitness space was the only option for me. I think Mm -hmm. when I left EY, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I knew I loved strength training. I knew I loved picking up heavy stuff and putting it back down. And that was about all I knew, but I had no idea how that could actually translate into a career. So when I got the job at Kettlebell Kitchen, it was my first exposure to how you could actually build a business that isn't just training people in person in the gym. Because up until that time, it was really the only thing I, like the only model I knew of, so mm-hmm. I think having that job was really important and just confirming that's the industry that I should be in. Um, and I loved that job, so I really wouldn't trade it for the world. So yes, I guess ideally I would tell the the kettlebell kitchen out of business version of Carly to skip the next one, two, three, three, three to four jobs, and uh, and just <laughs> get right after it. Then,
1: <laughs> yes, oh yeah, I. I couldn't agree more. I think that that's like you said the pivotal point when you realized what you really wanted Yeah. and still didn't know yet. Or yeah. like you didn't know, but I was like, I don't know if I should move out of here, like in a sense of like out of where you were, you always, what you always knew.
0: Yeah. And so, exactly.
1: so, but yeah, thank you, Carly, for just sharing your story and everything. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. The fact that you had, to, you had to go through four or five, maybe six jobs until- Yeah, I think uh, it's
0: five. I think it's well, <laughs> one, two, three. It's five, six if you count my in-person training job before uh, before starting the business. Seven jobs total, n- including my present day endeavors. <laughs> so yeah, seven jobs in, I've been graduated now for about five years. So <laughs> it's been a party. Never a, yeah, a party.
1: you can bring all that in you can at the party right now being
0: all seven jobs and I like, just have a, a quick party with oh it. yeah I would not be a fun one it would be more like a like a haunted house <laughs> <laughs> but yes uh but yeah thank you so much I was kind of curious of like
1: what is your one takeaway that you'd like to share to the audience
0: yeah. Um, well, I think that I kind of alluded to this in my last answer, but I would say the the biggest takeaway is just that it's never too late. Um, I yeah. think that's a thing that a lot of us come up against when we're at these really pivotal moments in our lives is that we feel like we can't make a change because we don't have time or we're too stuck into what we're doing. But the reality is like, you are never too stuck in what you are doing to make a change. And especially if you are listening to this as a 20 something, like I was at the time and still am, it is definitely not too late for you to make a change. So I would just say if there's something going on in your life right now that you are really not happy with and that you know, in your bones is not serving you, it's not too late to switch it up. Yeah. Thank you for that wisdom. Yeah. It is never too late
1: ever yeah. to make any change, even if you're in your 20s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, you still change no yeah. matter how old you are. And 100%. Yes. And so thank you, Carly, for just being here and sharing everything. So, Yeah, my pleasure. Thank
0: you so much for having me. It was a blast.
1: Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for listening in and just being here. If you enjoy our conversation, please leave a review wherever you're listening And look out for new episodes every Tuesday on The Courageous Inner Beast. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoyed our conversation and want to know more about Carly Fleischer, please look in the show notes for more information and for the links.